Hey, everybody, this is Mark Levine, and you're listening to the NYC Real Estate Podcast. And uh, this is, I believe, episode 15. And we have a really great guest today. But before we get into that, let me just remind everybody if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it if you can. If you find real estate interesting, I would love to have as many ears as possible. And you can always email the podcast at NYC Real Estate podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's NYC real estate podcast at gmail.com. And again, I'm Mark Levine, your host, and I'm from management company EBMG in New York City. And today I have with me a special guest who I've known for a lot of years, but I've never done, I've never been on this side of the table asking her questions. And it's Carol Ott, who is the president of the Carol Group Limited. And you are specifically publishing Habitat Magazine, which is a New York City co-op and condo um, real estate magazine. And we can go into all of the other things that you're handling as well. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I ah, appreciate it. So in, in Habitat Magazine, we've always had um, me being asked for questions and quotes. So this is nice to be leading the conversation for once. Okay. So for those that don't know about Habitat Magazine, you want to Habitat. I've always known it as one as just a few um, niche, you know, real estate magazines in the area. Can you tell us how you got into Habitat or how you started? Sure. Like, what's your background? Sure. Well, let me just stay, say that Habitat Magazine is edited for boards of directors of co-ops and condos in New York City and the professionals that serve them. Uh, I started it in 1982. Wow. And back then, apartment buildings were being converted to co-ops. Um, I lived in a co-op. It was a small, self-managed loft co-op. And uh, I saw a need for people to understand what this new thing was. Right. And my background is a journalist. I was in Washington, D.C. for about nine years before coming here. And it's a very, it was a very interesting story at the time. It still is, but the story is different. Yeah. Uh, back then, it was renters now becoming owners mm -hmm. and running corporations, fighting with sponsors, trying to get control, understanding what this new enterprise meant. And that was um, a long learning curve. And Habitat filled it, and we were at the right place at the right time. So do you, you really get a sense of all of the issues as they're happening? You have a lot of connections with attorneys, with accountants, with managing agents, with we, engineers. We do. Um, we, you know, we often get bored saying, can you do stories on X, Y, and Z? And it's a problem that they are facing themselves. Um, we try and take particular problems and broaden it for the industry. But we often get story ideas from managing agents and attorneys who are saying, well, we're grappling with this and they have a wider view. And I can't tell you how many times boards will come up to us and say, you know, we were dealing with this problem. I got my issue of Habitat. I opened it and oh my God, yeah. you discussed it. And well, it's a small community. You know what's going on and what people are facing. And that's what we cover. Well, I see it a lot, too, because in, in properties that we manage, the boards will be having email discussions and out of nowhere, somebody will send a link. Oh, but Habitat covered this. Right. So right. a lot of the things and if you go through the I mean, if you've been around since 1982 and we're in 2019, that's a lot of years. That's 37 years worth of 
it you know, is. information that you have. And it is. I'm sure if you go to the website, you could, if you have a membership or however you work it with your subscriber base, but you could probably go into the archives and a lot of the same, um, information could probably still be relevant today. I mean, there's certain law changes, of course, but I think the law changes have changed how the corporations operate. I think what we did, we do have an archive, which starts in 2002, Mm -hmm. the year that things sort of became digital. Um, I think uh, they were back then. It was a much more innocent time. It was less corporate. Yeah. People had more time. Um, and so it's, uh, the, you know, the whole sort of industry and for boards, it's become more corporate. Mm-hmm. There are more, there's more risk uh, than there was back in certainly 1987, yeah. 82. So do you, you love what you do? It's fascinating. It's, you know, it's, it's covering small communities. If you're, you know, I don't want to sound Pollyannish, but if you're a believer in democracy, this is the ultimate democracy. You know, you've got elected leaders. They're supposed to do stuff. Uh, there's investment involved, which, of course, maybe a democracy doesn't have. But um, as, a, as, a, as, as a journalist covering stories, they're very interesting stories mm-hmm. uh, because boards are made up of a group of individuals who handle how they're going to tackle their issues very differently. Right, and it, it boards just in existence on how they're set up are just interesting because they're lay people that in theory don't have property management experience that are tasked with all these unique situations. Right. It's not just property management, which they don't, but they don't have corporate experience. They don't by and large, uh, you don't have a group of individuals who run a business. Right. They forget that they're running a business sometimes. Uh, they, not every board, but some boards forget. I'm not sure. You know, they forget, but I think sometimes they don't even know what that means to run a business. And right. it gets, it's complicated. Yeah. Um, so what are some trends that you're seeing based on your reporting? Is there anything new and interesting that you've seen over the last year or two that um, has shifted in the industry? And that could be any part of the industry that you guys cover. I think for the management industry, um, there are big changes coming. Uh, one is the city has really enacted a ton of laws and a ton of laws that need to be complied with. And the way the property management industry used to be can't really address how it needs to be today. Um, and I don't think your industry has quite caught up to what it needs to do. In A, in order to manage these properties, and B, to be profitable businesses in and of themselves. Well, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. It, it, is, an, it is another discussion. But if you're not profitable, right. you're not going to run my building well. So Correct. I don't mean you need to be a pig. But yeah, <laughs> but you have to. It is. A, it's, it's, it's not a charity. Correct. We, we can't show a zero or a loss. You know, we have to as, just like you're a business owner, I'm a business owner. Correct. So we have to be in a position where we can afford to hire the staff that we need. We have to have the backgrounds and have all of those mechanisms in place to properly manage. Um, I think I think that's going to force a change on the property management industry. For boards... Again, because a lot of uh, of a lot of the laws that the city has passed, it's going to require a particularly with 
their climate mobilization laws. Yeah. It's going to require boards, A, to spend a lot of money, and B, to understand the energy environment in their buildings and C, to make changes which really might affect all the residents. These are big, big, big challenges, mm-hmm. scary challenges, and there's not a huge industry of advisors to help you. Right. Um, and you're talking about, we, we had Sullivan Engineering in, on, a prior, on a prior podcast to talk about the Climate Mobilization Act, but there's so, that's just one piece of the puzzle that's upcoming. I mean, we had... The, uh, the gas testing, which came up um, starting in 2020, and every building has to do it in four-year cycles. So you've got the 2020 and the 2027 elevator compliance issues that are bankrupting some buildings because they can't upgrade their elevator. They have to replace their elevator. And out of nowhere, it's a $100,000 expense. Right. And you're right. I mean, you need somebody that's going to be watching the store in a way that's professional enough to know what's going on. Right. I mean, it's one thing to say you have to get your gas... Uh, inspected and and you're going to deal with that. Those are sort of concrete compliance issues that a property manager hopefully is going to take care of. But in meeting the requirements of the Climate Mobilization Act, that is not something that your property manager is no. going to make decisions on. That actually is going to fall on the board's shoulders, and that's those are tough decisions. Yeah. And expensive decisions. Yeah. I mean, you have I I believe it's eighty percent reduction in energy usage by 2030 if i'm not mistaken yeah the first the first cutoff probably most buildings will meet it's 2030 that most buildings will not and we'll have to make some decisions and smart decisions you know it's not just let me meet it because you've you will be investing in technology you will be investing it's it's a it's a fascinating Mm -hmm. uh but it's very big scary financial and nobody is figuring it out yet I think it's too new. It's one of those, what we have, everybody falls under this, um, uh, we have so much time. You know, it's not that much time though. We're it's, in, it's not that much time. 10 years ago, I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, 10 years well, is coming up. Well, it's not up. that much time because it requires changing building systems, perhaps mm-hmm. upgrading them. You got to find the money to do it. it yeah. You know, it, it all takes time to do. It's a multi-layered so. process. It's multi-layer. Right? Yeah. It's fascinating, but challenging. Yeah. So you guys, um, talk to me about Vendome. Um, so we bought Vendome Publishing in January. Uh, Vendome has been around, They prior to becoming Vendome, they were called Brownstone Publishers. They've been around as long as Habitat. They, mm-hmm. Their offices used to be down the street from ours. Um, they publish a lot of niche newsletters and books for the real estate industry. Um, and it was a good synergy, and you know we're thrilled to have them on board. And they, we were talking before, but we we get one of their books every year, and it's called the New York City Apartment Checklist. It's apartment management checklist. So they take basically all the major rules that that a building has to follow, and in very plain English, they're going to say, "Who does this apply to? Why should you care? What do you have to do?" And that a layperson can understand. And then they'll have links to all the actual stuff on the city's website. They'll have model forms to do. They'll have the legislation to do. And, you know, somebody who's, who's more involved with it will look at that. But it's, it's one of the, f- probably one of the only resources that you can buy for not a whole lot of money. Right. That kind of says, 
this is the deal. This is what you have to learn. This is why, and this is what what you're going to have to do to comply with this law. And I think any any manager or management company that wants to do business in New York City, and I'm, I'm this isn't an advertisement for you in any way, but I use it, you know, and you're not paying me to use it, and I pay for it, you right. know, to get it. And I think that you need to have it. And I know that there's a lot of people that want to get into the New York City property management field. They think it's so easy. It's it, it, it's not easy, first of all, and that's because there's so many laws and regulations. And if you drop the ball on any of those, it could be a fine or a penalty or it could it be. It will be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's definitely a worthwhile book to have. And I even did a video on it, I think, back in 2016 or 2015 about that was the purpose of my video was just to talk about the New York City management checklist. And it was. Well, the, the 2020 book is going to come out in January and this year primarily because we've bought it. You can buy it in hard copy. It's about a thousand page. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's paperback, but you can also buy each chapter as a digital download. If you buy the book, you get the digital downloads. So for the ma property management industry, it's a way of saying to, for instance, to your employees, here's the gas rags and you can send the chapter right. and say, I want you to focus on it. But it, for boards who I really care about, they're not going to contact the by and large, they're not going to contact the plumber and get all this stuff done, but they do need a level of understanding. Yeah. And it's written in plain enough English that you get it. You understand what's required. So beyond the publication, you also do some education on Habitat? We have uh, an e-learning platform called Habitat U, uh, which is a deeper dive into learning how to read a financial statement, um, we have a lot of legal things, what this means, what that means, uh, things about Airbnb, uh, you know, a lot of admissions, a lot of things that a board is going to have to become schooled in if it doesn't want to get sued. <laughs> you know, ultimately... It's a full-time job just to figure out how not to get sued. Right. And that's a that's a really important because yeah. the downside of being elected to your board is that you are at risk. Mm -hmm. uh, you have insurance. And if you do everything correctly and with good good business judgment and you're not discriminatory, then you're covered by directors and, you and officers in you charge. Are. But you have to understand mm -hmm. what doing things correctly means. That yeah. isn't your idea of correct may not be my idea of correct. Mm -hmm. So how do I, as a person that's on a board, access the Habitat U platform? It's, it's habitatu.com. At this point, there's no cost to it. You just go on. You have to register. And then you can take, we probably have about 10 classes that you can take. Okay. Um, we are flirting with the idea of coming up with a series of classes for board certification. And it's really classes so that you understand what activities will put you at risk and that you don't engage in those activities. Mm -hmm. The insurance companies that sell directors and officers liability insurance are very interested in having the people they insure understand what's involved. Right. And e-learning, you know, it's a very nice platform. You can do it on your phone. You can do it at the computer. You can do five minutes and then come back a little bit later. It's uh, I'm surprised because the DNO coverage... Um, insurance companies I'm, I'm surprised they haven't mandated some form of training just like we had with the sexual harassment training that we're doing every year as a way for them to say oh you know 
hands off. You didn't have the training and you didn't get the certificate. So you never know what's going to come in the future. You never know what's going to come in the future. We're in conversation with the two major carriers in New York City. Um, I, I don't think they would ever go to that level, but um, it's certainly in their interest to mm-hmm. have board directors understand what puts them at risk. Yeah. And you guys in November um, take part in the CNYC we do. The, the Council of New York Housing Cooperatives and Condominiums has been around, I think, slightly longer than Habitat Magazine. Uh, it is the, I, I don't want to call it a trade association. It, it is the association where board directors join to learn. They offer events throughout the year. But in November, they have a, the largest educational event that you can get in New York City. They've got 60 courses. It is really going to school. And if you, you take a deep dive into a course, the, the teachers are leading professionals in the industry. Um, it's not very expensive. It's, it's really, if you're on your board, you would be crazy not to go. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. It's a Sunday. So it's a Sunday. You got to give up your Sunday. Yeah. But this, this year, the Giants are on a bye week, so it's okay. I, I would be okay <laughs> with going. And we actually, my company, uh, EVMG, we do a, um, every year we have a booth there. We Yeah, they uh, have an we, exhibit space. Yeah, so we do the booth, so then when, when people are in the classes, it, it gets a little quiet, and then when they come out of the classes, everybody kind of goes around. And I actually, this is my third or fourth year teaching a class, um, res, uh, resident communication I'm doing this year again. Mm-hmm. I'm actually doing it with... Um, Got Lloyd Krein, yes, and also uh, Julie Schechter this year, um, one of my favorite attorneys. So it's a very small industry. Uh, back in the early '80s, Lloyd Krein wrote for Habitat magazine. Oh, really? While he was the super of an apartment building. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> that's right. Now he has his own company. He's no longer a super. Yeah. <laughs> now he does websites and yes, and, data and communication. Yeah. 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 So are you? You live in a co-op now. I don't live in a co-op. I, I lived in a co-op for 25 years, and I was on the board probably for about 20 years. Um, we had some circumstances in my family, and we moved out of a co-op. Okay. So did any of your, while you were on the board, did you find it super helpful that you were um, part of the Habitat group and, you know, writing the magazine? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it made me understand what it meant. I mean, I didn't grow up in New York City. I grew up in the rest, outside of in the rest of the country, in the Midwest and the South. And in the Midwest and the South, people that I knew lived in homes. Mm-hmm. People who live in homes take their garbage to the stoop. When I moved to New York City, people who live in apartment buildings didn't know about taking garbage to the yeah. stoop. We bought a, 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 a co-op in this loft, and we didn't have any staff, and we took our garbage to the stoop. So to me, it seemed very familiar to what I had grown up with. Um, in sort of publishing Habitat magazine and learning perhaps how renters view service, uh, it, it was a big learning curve. Um, yeah. But fascinating, yeah. fascinating learning curve. So what's next for you guys moving forward? There's some of the, going back in, I guess, in the past, some of my favorite, there's two months that I really like, especially out of the Habitat. It's, of course, the management issue because that's the, that's the issue that my kids actually get to see a picture of me in print. <laughs> so right. they, they like that. And then you do the same thing with lawyers. We do. Yeah. So I feel like you, you have a good pocket of, you know, 30 to 40 or 50 lawyers, same number with managing agents. They all have a unique take on an issue. And now you're expanding it to video and 
you know, we can use that for our social media purposes, you know, where we can. That's right. Um, but what do you see moving forward? Like, so now you've done the Vendome, uh, you know, purchase, you've got Habitat rolling. What, what's on the horizon? We're probably expanding more into video. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, our content is our content, but it can be served in many different ways. Uh, when you spoke about lawyers this year, we do a large attorney survey and we have about, I don't know, 45 attorneys participating. So these folks, they really are, if you're on a co-op or condo board, their firms and these folks are the people you want representing you. Um, so we invited them into our offices and we interviewed them. We did a lot of, uh, on particular topics. They told us, you know, some war stories. We, we wanted to know, okay, tell us the story. Tell us what a board should have done to avoid this and what's the takeaway. Mm. And we did a lot of pre-production with them. So, the, you know, the videos run between five and eight minutes. And they're great. I mean, yeah, some of the stories, you, it's just one corporate mistake after the next corporate mistake. <laughs> Uh, and their advice is really useful. So we're probably, I mean, we, you know, we obviously we continue publishing the magazine. We have newsletters. We have lots of video. We have podcasts. Yeah. Um, it's nice because I've been doing those. Your, I've been doing your management guide for probably 12 years now. And from the beginning, I was like the young guy that, why am I here? And everybody was looking at me funny, like, you're too young to be here. But now it's all my contemporaries, you know, maybe half my contemporaries and half are still older. But it's nice to grow up in a business and be here for a long time and then kind of slowly see that I'm aging into it. You know, that's right. I hope I'm aging gracefully into it, but I am aging. (laughs) I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. In January, we publish something called the business of management. Mm -hmm. And that also, uh, we do a survey of property management companies and ask lots of data. But for boards, it gives you a sense of what management companies are saying they're charging for management Mm -hmm. fees, the different kinds of application fees that they're charging. um, And... And and it's sort of a drill down into the various offerings that they make. It's it's very helpful. I just filled out mine for the next one. I think I had the survey for it. And that actually, because of your survey, I started, I have an internal database of how I keep my clients, you know, noted and their size and everything. So now I've created my spreadsheet almost to the T of how I have to input the data into Ah. your form because then it makes it just easier once a year anyway. And it's a good way for me to keep track of it. Right. A lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. So any, anything else you want to talk about while I, I have you on microphone? Uh, uh, the, nah, I, I think the only thing I would leave would leave the table with is that if you are on your board of a co-op or a condo, whether you're reading Habitat, whether you join the Council of New York Housing Cooperatives, it's really imperative to get educated. Uh, you are, you know, you're guiding the ship for a lot of people who've made huge investments. And personally, you can be at risk. Yeah. And uh, it can be very rewarding and very interesting, but you really need to know what you're doing. And if somebody has a subscription to Habitat, they get access to all the... They get access to everything. 2002 archives and forward, right? There you go. Okay, yep. cool. Well, so we could find um, Habitat at habitatmag.com. That's right. And if you're interested in buying the apartment management checklist, you can go to habitatgroup.com there's a product page okay great well i thank you for coming in 
Terrific. Thank it's you. It's been a pleasure. And again, if you want to sh- uh, send the show a note, do so at nycrealestatepodcast.gmail.com. Again, that's nycrealestatepodcast.gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you could subscribe to the podcast, we're also going to be having the videos up on uh, YouTube and all of that. So we look forward to it. And we'll be back next week with uh, some great information.